I want to repeat that with this effort, when you go on stage, the judges will literally push you off to the side, the furthest position away from the middle where you want to be. They won't give you a single look all day because you have made it very easy for them to give you last place due to conditioning. All you will get is a thank you from the promoter for your donation to their profits. What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blood, Sweat, and Gear with coaches Skip Hill, Andrew Barry, and myself, Scott McNally. All of our programming is brought to you by TrueNutrition.com. You can use our code THINK for additional savings. True Nutrition is the first company that ever stepped up and helped to support our programming, and I appreciate that. You can support our programming by shopping with them. You can also support our programming by going to Patreon. I'll have links to that below. Thank you to everybody who is uh, supporting the show through Patreon. You guys are literally helping to make this thing happen, and I freaking appreciate that. So we've got a bunch of listener questions we're going to dive into, but before we do, um, we've got a topic, and I think it's going to be titled something like "Andrew goes off on a client" or yeah. something dramatic, Wreck clickbait. A client, you know, yeah, something <laughs> clickbait, something like that. Yeah. I'm going to just bring the the uh, screen cap up you've got here. We're going to not use any names, of course. We we don't want to bl- no. you know blast anybody it's not directly. Fun, yeah. <laughs> but I will put the email on screen so that because uh, there's a, there's some learning we can do from this. Yeah. Let me give a little backstory first before, because I I don't want people to get the impression that like the first time you mess up on a diet with me or any of us, like, like we're reasonable people, but we want, we want the best out of you. It would be like, you know, Bill Belichick not having his players practice Monday through Thursday and then throwing them out on the field and expecting a victory Mm -hmm. for the Patriots. Right. Like we want to put our people in the best position to be successful. Okay. Absolutely. Now, this is a person who was given to me by somebody else. She asked me to take him on and because she doesn't have a lot of experience with contest prep. I agreed to take him on, and right off the bat, he was a little disillusioned. Like He thought he would be like six weeks out, and he had like mm. a 22-, 24-week outlook to his physique, meaning body fat, no experience posing, very little experience in sticking to a diet, right? So right off the bat, I'm like, hey, guys, like we're not six weeks out from a show. The show you're thinking about doing, like that's tabled. Maybe we can do this show that's, I think, 18 weeks out. Okay. And that's if things go according to plan. So, you know, right off the bat, I think, I think we worked together for about seven or eight weeks and there wasn't a single week where there was a hundred percent compliance. And it wasn't like, it wasn't like, Hey, I accidentally had 20 grams of extra rice. It was more like, um, I decided to have like snacks, but they were healthy in between meals because I was hungry. So of course, as a coach, you know, explain, explain to him like, Hey guy, like, that's normal. You're going to be hungry in this process. Like you're going to be starving at times. You're going to want to quit. It's very normal. I mean, at this point, I think with our high level people, they don't even tell us that they're hungry because we know that they're hungry. Or if they tell us they're hungry, it's because like something's wrong. Like they they only alert us to things that are when something's wrong. So Mm -hmm. we expect like new people to say, Hey, I'm hungry. You know what I do about that? Well, you kind of suck it up, guy. You drink some hot water, you have a tea, you have a coffee, you go do, go for a yeah. walk, that kind of stuff. Okay. Because hot water yeah. is really satiating. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's minorly satiating. Yeah. But yeah. the yeah. point being is that there wasn't a single week where there was compliance. Every week I was, I was basically telling them like, hey, no, we can't do that. We need to do this. And finally, I think the week prior, I'd said, guy, I need you to literally eat exactly what's on your plan. I need yep. you to do the exact minutes of cardio and I need you to follow the training program. That's it. Like there's nothing outside of this. There's nothing like we've gone over everything. I need you to stick to it now. Okay. And I said that still nicely. Like I, I don't want to be a dick to anybody. I try not mm-hmm. to be a dick. Okay. So then finally he checked in again the following week and he was up four and a half pounds. Okay. And go, go ahead and put that email up. All right. 
Boom. I'm gonna, All right. I'll just tell you, and I, and I blocked his name out. Yeah. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to read the email, okay? And you guys can tell me what you think about it because I got a lot of people, a lot of younger coaches that were like, wow, like, thank you for posting this because I did post it. And because I wanted people to see like how experienced coaches deal with some of these things with, with, with people that are just non-compliant week in, week out that have the goal of getting on stage. And for me, getting on stage, just like I know you guys, it, it's kind of something sacred. Like you, you don't cut corners, you don't no. cheat, you don't mess right. around. Okay. So I wrote to him, listen, there's 0.0 chance you should have gained 4.4 pounds this week. I wouldn't plan on doing any shows until you can stick to your plan 100% back to back to back to back to back weeks. I've never had someone that wanted to get on stage be this non-compliant to the point that I'm really starting to think that someone is playing a joke on me. Yes, 90% in terms of compliance is horrible when getting ready for a show. You should be 100% for six months straight leading into the show. You should be hungry. You should be tired. I don't know how else to convey this to you. I want to repeat that with this effort, when you go on stage, the judges will literally push you off to the side, the furthest position away from the middle where you want to be. They won't give you a single look all day because you have made it very easy for them to give you last place due to conditioning. All you will get is a thank you from the promoter for your donation to their profits. I've tried to come at this several ways, explain what you need what you need to do, seeing as this is your first time doing a prep, but at some point you need to ask yourself if this is what you really want to do or if you really want to do the work. I'm not the guy that just puts someone on stage because they want to do a show. I put winners out there. And I don't mean winners that just hit the genetic lottery. I'm talking guys and girls that would rather lose a finger than make a mistake on their meal plan, miss cardio sessions, or show up not looking their absolute best on stage. They win every day of the prep. I need you to tap into that mentally here and now because anything less than that is not going to cut it. So for me, this was a do or die moment. And I knew it would go one or two ways. I knew that either A, he would say, okay, I get it. And he would fall in line, be a good soldier. Or he'd say, fuck you, I'm, or screw you, I'm not doing this. And he'd fire me. He went with the, the, the latter. He fired me. And that's fine. <laughs> he well, wasn't ready. Honestly, I mean, that's what it was. Exactly. Yeah. I, I want you guys' uh, opinion on this. Do you think it was too harsh? Do you think it's something you, would, you guys would do in a similar sense? Give me your thoughts. I don't think it was harsh at all. But that's why I wanted people to understand that there's always a backstory. If someone screws up once and you come at them like that, which I know that you wouldn't do, uh, but new coaches might. Mm -hmm. then that's just poor business acumen. You're treating people with a complete lack of any sensitivity because there are going to be those people who are going to, even people who want to compete, but the first time they're going to compete or they're new to it, they are going to screw up. They are sometimes going to fall off the wagon and they're going to eat everything in sight. And it's your job to be supportive of putting, you know, having them put it in the rear view mirror, not dwelling on it, not having it turn into three or four days. And, Again, putting it behind them and moving forward. But when it com becomes chronic and they have this and or they have this mentality of, well, it doesn't need to be 100 percent. That's the point. I think that's the biggest takeaway here. There are people who think that 98, 97 percent is doable. The problem with that is this. Even if you're a genetic freak and you can get away with 97 percent, you get on stage. And if you don't win, you have to stand there in the most awkward position that you've ever been in and question, I wonder what would have happened if I did everything right. And that is not the place you want to be standing when you have that thought. You want to be able to go, okay, I got beat, but I did everything that I possibly could right. And you made another good point. Prep men mentally, prep should be looked at as, I've, I've always said this, when you lie down at night and you're staring at the ceiling fan, it's just you and the ceiling fan. If I can say I did everything 
right today. Everything the best that I could do. All you need to do is stack one day on top of the next instead of going, oh, I've got a show in 16 weeks. Oh, my gosh, I'm hungry. When am I going to be able to eat? It's one meal. It's one day. It's one discussion with the ceiling fan, and then you do it over, and you just pile on, and you build those days up. Yeah. Yeah, I think that as coaches, we've all been in this position or similar positions, and and it it really is something you have to learn. And I know all three of us can do this. It's not personal. It's not it's not anything that we did. You know, in fact, like you said, Andrew, you had his best intentions in mind. I, th- I think the reality is the guy just wasn't ready to compete. You know, he just mm-hmm. wasn't ready for that. Now, you know, it, I I think. My approach, I'm asking myself, what would I do? I would probably say the same thing. Like, hey, listen, I don't think you're ready for a show, uh, you know, until you can get this, you know, under under control. But if you wanted to work on that, you know, I mean, the show is really here's the way I see it. Like, I love competing. I think that, you know, competing is and like you said, it's something that I highly respect. It's almost the side effect of having done such a good job. That's the way I try to look at it. Like, why don't mm-hmm. we focus on teaching you how to be a bodybuilder first? And mm-hmm. once we get there, then it'll make sense to do a show. But yeah, right now it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense for the guy. You know, it's, it, it's interesting because people come to you that, you know, they, they don't always have things lined up. I've had guys that come to me that have never followed a meal plan and then they hire me and they're surprised you know, like they've told me like, yeah. well, I, I didn't eat this, this and this, I, which one of our listeners, he hired me that he might be watching this now. And, but it was a learning experience for him. He comes back to me the next week and he's like, hey, here's my pictures. And I didn't really like rice. So I used two cups of Chex Mix instead. And on this meal, I didn't like to do this. So I used this instead. And these are what I prefer. So these are the things I did. But outside of that, it was 100 <laughs> percent. It was like every meal was changed. Yeah, well, that's that, why you just tell him, send me the money just send me the money every three months well you tell me weekly what the plan is going to be and i'll just be like cool and then they well, go i probably oh, could have done that being a dick yeah no yeah, i probably yeah. literally could have done that and just kept on taking his money every month and kept on being like, okay well let's work a little harder let's just let's keep trying hard you know mm-hmm. and i want to touch on another point because i know you guys have probably never because skip alluded to that feeling of standing on stage and sitting there in that awkward position while other guys are getting fifth fourth third second first and getting getting trophies and whatnot yeah like man what could have what could have i done differently man if i would have just buckled down and followed my i've never felt that in my life yeah and I know you guys never felt that. And, and I've I can gotten name smoked 50. and not had that feeling. <laughs> Thank you. That's what yeah, winning I, is. I, I can, That's name, what winning I can is. name 50 clients off the top of my head that I've worked with that I know have never felt that feeling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You might have had regrets like, oh, shit, you know, maybe he pushed me too hard. I was a little too flat. Whatever. We could have carved up different. That's different. But there yeah. was yeah. never, in my mind, and on, I can think of 20, 50 clients, something like that, that do not have that feeling of I could have worked harder and complied more with the plan more. Uh, th- yep. th- th- than I did. And I think that's the important thing. And at the end of the day, and Jordan Peterson talks about this a lot. I don't know if you guys know and follow Jordan Peterson from he's a Canadian clinical. Okay. Canadian all, clinical I, psychologist. I think everybody knows about him now. He's the, mm-hmm. and I think he's like hated too by a lot of people, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> it's a whole nother. Yeah. But, but anyway, you know, he talks about how like the true happiness is not in the achievement. It's in the work you do. And Scott, yes. you alluded to this about learning how to be a bodybuilder because yeah. the show was only one day out of the, you know, 180 day prep that you do or whatever it might be. The show's that one day. So you really got to enjoy and love what you do. You got to love being a bodybuilder to be successful mm-hmm. and have happiness out of it. And, and I'll, that's I'll what the prize that. is. I had a guy that's who recently quit. He was dealing with some mental stuff and, uh, 
he, he it just he decided it wasn't for him and he used the words plastic trophy and I, it's I, like if, if you're competing for a plastic trophy, then it's it's really that's not what the goal is, right. you know. Like you, it's a, it's the experience, and if you can be the guy that Skip is talking about, you know, you've overturned every stone. You know, that's an old school thing we always say: make sure you overturn every stone in bodybuilding, and you can yeah. stand on stage. Then yeah, I don't care if you do get smoked; you still no. have had a successful prep, you know, and you'll mm-hmm. be happy. Like you'll you might not be happy with the outcome, <laughs> you know, might be a little butthurt about it, but you'll you'll understand it you, you, after you you've had a burger yes you, re- yes you respect yourself and i think that's the most important thing you've carried yourself in a way yeah. that you would want others you, 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 like you've respected yourself that's and it, it is yeah, such a know. great lesson to learn in fact me getting into recovery and then finding bodybuilding and then getting into competing i learned so many valuable lessons that we we're talking about right now by competing it was for that. me one of the first things that I felt like I realized I could really follow through with something, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something I could follow through with and I could achieve something, whether it be a first place or a second or a third or a fourth, it was that sense of knowing that I did everything I could. Man, it's it's one of the best feelings in the world. That's really what competition is about. Mm-hmm. I had my out. son say something to me one time after a show. He goes, well, you seem really happy for not winning. Hmm. <laughs> And then after I smacked him across his face and called him a little asshole, <laughs> a spoiled brat asshole. No, I just laughed and told him, I said, you're too young to understand the process and what goes into it. And I did everything that I could. The guys in front of me were just better than I was. And yeah. one of them was Phil Heath, but he wasn't going to know or care who <laughs> Phil Heath was. I, and and I, I want to make this very clear. I didn't just take second to Phil. I took third. There was another guy in there who did too. So it wasn't, it wasn't just, but I was very happy to be in the company that I was. And yeah. I was in the best condition I could have been on that day. And I did the work. And, and he was floored. He could not, he was perplexed. He was just really bothered that I was pretty, pretty content with how that, how that show went down. And I have won divisions where I thought, I was in mediocre company and that's not to be disrespectful of the people there, but mm-hmm. you know, the reality of it. Okay. You win mm-hmm. and you weren't really all that good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, hmm. you know, yeah. definitely been there. Yeah. And at the end of the day, I, I think that we all three are coming from the perspective that we have your, like you said, Andrew, we really have your best interest in mind. You know, if you're, if you're working with one of us, we want the best for you. And we might not always say the things you want to hear, but you know, sometimes that can't be helped. Sometimes, you know, it's, it's not what we want for you either. You know what I mean? Like we'd love it for you to be easy. And yeah, Let, let me add one more layer to that because there is some selfishness on my part. I don't want anyone to go out there with my name on it sure. looking like crap. You know what I mean? Sure. And and when I say I put out winners, I put out, you know, we don't always win first place in every class, but we darn sure are going to show up in shape and we're going to darn sure mm-hmm. show up like we, like we belong in that first call out. And th- th- yeah, I just want to leave it at that, that like, you know, it, it, we all have our brands. We all have our own, you know, image of ourselves and, for me, I don't want to put out mediocrity just because someone wants to do a show. It's not worth taking the seven fifty or a thousand dollars from them to do that. Yeah, I and when you people- say winners, just to make sure everybody's clear, you don't necessarily mean guys. You don't put out. I don't. You're not saying like, oh, I only put out no. first placers. You no, know no, what no. I mean? You're I'm saying people that the people that do the, the work we've talked about. People that, people that win the day every single day of their prep, they come in in shape. And you know yeah. what? Guess what? If you're not in shape, I'm going to steer you towards a different show. And we're, we might need a little bit more time. We've, we've all pulled people out of shows because we're like, hey, 
not for any fault of your own. It's just not working right now. Like we need to take a few steps backwards. Let's maybe look at the show that's maybe three, four months down the road. Women, this happens to all the time because of the hormones involved. Absolutely. But, or, or like you mentioned, you had a guy, Scott, who had to pull out of prep because of stressful issues with work or marriage or whatever it might be. Sometimes it's just not the right situation to prep. And I think right. everyone needs to understand that. But when I say winners, like I put, I want, I want people to look like they belong on that bodybuilding stage, and for people to say, "Man, that guy's in shape," or "That girl's yeah. in shape." You know, well, and I think too, done. you're saying, and I don't want to I'm paraphrase and correct me if I'm wrong, but basically don't come to me as a client. If you just want to be on stage in mediocre condition or be, yeah. or, or have that mediocre mindset doesn't mean again, like you said, that you have to win the class and you have to no. you know, be chasing a pro card, but you have to be willing to execute. And it's one of the few things people say, Oh, you, you may not work with me, Skip, because I'm, you know, just started. The only thing I care about is your, your, what motivates you and the fact that you can execute. If you yeah. can execute and you have high expectations for yourself, we're good. Yeah, yeah I agree. You know, Phil puts on his uh, Phil, Phil Viz puts on his like Instagram and on his initial questionnaire. Like, look, I don't screen for genetics. Like, I screen for I screen for work ethic and ability to follow directions. And I feel, without saying that, that's that's my thing too. You know, sure. I, I don't care if you are, you know, you're, you're literally the worst five percent of the genetic pool. If you're willing to work hard, you're really, we can make you look from, from where you are. We can make you look a lot better. And that's all yep. I care about. All right. Let's move on. We've got a bunch of questions. We're going to try to tackle some of them. I'm just going to start randomly going through everything we have. Go from there. Injectable L-carnitine versus oral L-carnitine. Does it really have a big difference? Yes. Yeah. I think you, you take two to three grams of um, oral to even match the 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 absorbability but i i used to take l liquid l carnitine you know i drink it in my early preps back in the 2000s and i don't think it did anything whereas as soon as i started using injectable i my body felt warm i looked fuller in the gym because you're sparing muscle glycogen you're relying more on fat as a fuel source so yeah absolutely yeah, I remember um, Scott and John talked a lot about it at one of their seminars that was at the Arnold. And one of the big factors with L-carnitine is that it takes a really long time when you take it orally to build up. If you take the injectable, it's in your system. It's built up. It's working that day versus you can take it for a couple weeks and still literally not get anything from it, basically, is what it comes down to. I can't remember how long it was. Scott, Scott would be able to tell you um, how long it was before you actually got it active in your system now i will say this um i've used the injectable and then had days where i'm like man i just don't feel like taking a shot and i'll use the oral now i use it for mental clarity uh with the the long bug thing that i deal with i find that injectable carnitine works really well use code think at amino asylum and uh I, I there are days i don't want to take it though and i find i can get that same benefit when I just take the oral after I've had the blood levels built up in my system. So you could, you could go that route, but I'm completely in agreement with you guys. Um, let's see. Hey guys, uh, thanks for the info. I wanted to ask a question about nerve pain. Um, it's killing a friend of mine and he can't go to the gym because of it. I told him I was going to ask one of the best guys in the sport that we love uh, as you know, always said, Scott, um, I heard about some medication such as gabapentin. So he's talking about nerve blockers that, uh, basically nerve pain medications. Uh, but I think that they only reduce pain. Thanks guys. I appreciate it. We have any I've thoughts taken for two him? out of three. 
because I have post-hepatic neuralgia, PHN, from shingles from 2004, and yeah. I took a lot of gabapentin, and I took a lot of Lyrica. And I think in my particular situation, I literally took my arm and swiped everything off the counter and into the trash. My wife's like, what, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm done with all this crap. Hmm. It's not doing anything. It's not work, worth all the crap that I'm putting in my body. I'm just going to have to live with this for the rest of my life. My situation is different. I don't know. Nerve yeah. pain is different for every person, but I hmm. am essentially... Uh, I get, I say, I get shocked every twenty to thirty seconds of my life, and if stress is higher, or I'm tired, or I go from hot to cold, or cold to hot, uh, sitting here with my back pressed up against the seat, you'll see me move a lot because it'll fire up. It's, mm -hmm. it's absolutely not enjoyable, but I've just accepted that I'm going to have it. It reduced it, and this is no kidding. On, on a scale of one to a hundred, it probably reduced it to a ninety-two. I mean, <laughs> it was so insignificant that it just. It didn't even matter. And I quit taking it about eight months after I started. And this is back in 2004. And I haven't had any inclination or any desire to go back to it. That was my situation. Though. I'm only going to point out that when I was reading that, I thought it said nerf pain. And I'm like, maybe these guys know what NERF is. I have no idea. It, it, yeah, I also that's the way point you spelled out. it. I also want to point out for people that like comment like, oh, maybe if Scott could read the questions more legibly, it's like, well, they're, they're illegible syntax to start with. We had one on drugs and stuff the other day. It was an, an entire paragraph with very few capital letters and zero punctuation. It was just like one big run on. It was like a bunch of words. You know, but you put it in Google Scott, Translate. And says, what the fuck? Half the time, and I do have a learning disability, which doesn't make it any easier. But half the time, I, you know what I think it is? Is people are just like using voice text, and then they're not even checking what they wrote. They're just like yeah. send. They'll get it. They know what I mean. You know. Yeah. Yep. All right. So, um, what about this one here? Uh, let's and see. in fairness, there are people that do that. English isn't their first language either, so true. they struggle. Sometimes. That's true. Well, and to my, them, my comment, you know, we understand you're doing better than my, me that I would in your language. My comment was to the people that were complaining about Scott's reading of mm -hmm. the questions, as if it was perfect syntax, English, like punctuation, everything. You know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Joel says, uh, "Question for the next show: How slowly or quickly do you like to reverse competitors out of a cut?" Is it beneficial or a deterrent to quickly regain some fat post-show to return to your body's genetic set point of body fat? Thanks for the quality content information. Love the show. I don't know. I'll go on record and say that I, I would prefer, though it doesn't always happen, but I would prefer that they don't return to their set point of body fat, for starters. <laughs> so there's that. I think you guys would agree. Um mm -hmm. But at the same, there's exceptions. People who are, you know, naturally lean, whatever. That's cool. Yeah. But the, the, I think he's asking how quick the process is. I mean, we have gone in depth on this, you know, before as topics, and it, it's. I think we all have basically the same. We have a lot of parallels in how we come out or we bring shows out, of, bring clients out of shows as far as reverse dieting. Um, do you guys want to? Do we want to dive in? to the deep end or we we want to give a few bullet points i mean how do we want to do this i would Let's say bullet few, points yeah 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 bullet yeah. points you know I, I mean i'll start and i'll just say look do not get fat in the first week because it's going to ruin 
right. your whole off season. Like, like I, I think we can agree that you're really putting your next off season into a detrimental situation if you put on 20 pounds if you're a guy the first week and yeah. probably 10 or 12 as a female because mm-hmm. that's not just water, guys. That's that you're, you're now putting on fat. You're losing your insulin sensitivity. And what's the number one way we want to build muscle? Stay insulin sensitive. Yeah. That's the yep. best time to try to build muscle is because of that insulin sensitivity. So, you know. Some, you might see that your friend can eat, you know, they, they get, you know, they're eating a baseline of, you know, 150, 200 grams of carbs a day and their coach puts them on 500 and they're staying lean. That's great. That works for them. You might be someone that has to do micro changes of like 20 to 40 carbs a day and then another 20 to 40 carbs next week. So micro changes for most people. Um, ideally, we want to try to keep you as lean and as hungry as long as possible. That's where I was going to go. If I had to give one bullet point, I would say go slower than if you have to err on one side or the other, go slower versus faster because you can always speed it up and you can always add more. But once you get to the point where you, you know, the, the dam breaks and the water's out of control, the, the levees broke, um, you're going to have a hell of a time pulling it back in. And that's where you lose. Like you're talking about insulin sensitivity is it's just absolutely key it's king it's the one thing coming out of a show hell it's the thing going into the show too it's always it's always there it's always an issue yeah i couldn't agree more with both of those things and i i'll to add something i'll say another bullet point would be with new clients i try to make them very aware before we start a prep or during the early stages that when we hit the stage that isn't the end you know i've Mm -hmm. had people that say Mm -hmm. hey i'm going to schedule a vacation uh, and it's going to be the week after my show. I'll tell you what, I'm speaking from firsthand experience. That is not a good idea unless you want to be on diet during your vacation, which I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to want to do. I made the mistake of going uh, up north to Sleeping Bear Dunes, and it was like one week or two weeks after my show, and it was like three weeks after my girlfriend's show, and we ended up calling it after that. It was forever known as the Great Eatcation. We were gone for four days, and we literally ate everything because we were both. You know, it's like like two addicts together is going to create mm-hmm. fire, right? <laughs> so not only were we going out to eat, we we're like, let's stop at the grocery store. And when you're when you're in that stage, you're like, that's all this new food. It's like you've never mm-hmm. been in a grocery store before. And I'm like, bagels, put them in the basket. Mm-hmm. You know, everything else, put it in the basket. Then we go get fudge mm-hmm. from this place, and it was a mess. And had I waited. Long longer you know no matter what happens you're gonna be starving post show Mm -hmm. and you're not gonna it's not just gonna magically go away in fact for some people it's even gonna get worse at first you know so it can be hard it can be honestly harder than the show to keep it together because now you don't have this thing to look forward to uh but what you do have look forward to is to make really good progress and you just have to mentally prepare ahead of time Hey guys, here's a video of Victoria refilling our glass collagen jar that we keep next to our coffee maker. We add a scoop to our coffee each day. It's 29 grams of protein, plus collagen is great for your connective tissue. This is hydrolyzed beef collagen from True Nutrition. Use our code THINK for additional savings. Mm-hmm. What about this one here? Um, is low blood pressure a thing? And have you guys ever encountered it? I get 100 over 60 in the mornings. I'm always cold and um, have been feeling some lightheadedness. So, yeah, it's the thing. Yeah. It's like one out of 100. <laughs> We're 99 out of 100. Not common, especially with sure. men, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it affects yeah. women more than men for sure. Uh, it actually affects a lot of. Um, 
type one diabetics, female, Mm. female type one diabetics. But, um, you know, the cold thing could also be related to some nerve issues, but you know, one thing you can do to increase your blood pressure is add in some black licorice. Uh, the only issue is you don't want to take too much of it because it can be liver toxic. So there's a fine line. I can't remember the exact dose, but maybe I think it's like between 20 and 50 milligrams, two or three times a day. Um, the other thing this person might want to look into is a disease called POTS, P-O-T-S, mm. um, which blood the low blood pressure is a side effect of this condition. And it's something that um, a lot of people live with without knowing. They always just think they have low blood pressure or they feel like they're going to faint when they stand up or um, they might get nauseous and feel very lightheaded when they're exercising and not even doing all that much. So there's a couple things you need to look at. Um, but I would, I, would, I would ask them to maybe talk to their doctor about POTS and um, maybe do some testing to see if, if they do have this condition. Is POTS an acronym? Yeah. Um, because I was going to throw another one. I would go at it a completely different way. Uh, but, instead of POTS, I would add GH, more of it. <laughs> <laughs> that you have low blood too. pressure? Take more growth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk to a doctor maybe too. I wonder if he's talked to the doctor at all about this, right? Oh, I would definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> yep. Or just ask three, three idiots on the yeah. internet. <laughs> <laughs> ask three idiots on the internet that are telling you to take more drugs. Yeah. yeah. The first thing you do when you go to the Try doctor is you say, "I was listening to these three cats on a on a YouTube video it's called Blood Sweat and Gear." They said D ball would say. bring my blood pressure up. <laughs> <laughs> and then the old guy said something about GH. I don't know what that <laughs> is. Can you get a script for that? How cool! How crazy would it be if he walks away and the doctor wrote him a script for growth hormone? <laughs> oh yeah, no kidding. Yeah, then I think yeah, he owes us all. All of us would have low blood pressure. <laughs> yeah, he owes us all a kit if that's what happens. He owes us all a that's kit. That's right. Um, can you guys explain fiber in the context of bodybuilding? Um, you'll have people that swear by broccoli as a vegetable source and others who say it stops them up and uh, they stay away from it. Also, supplement companies have fiber products. So what is the deal with fiber? How much should you have in your diet slash supplement protocol as a bodybuilder? I hate it. First, <laughs> personally, I hate broccoli. I, hate I, I do not broccoli. do well with it at all, at all. To the point where, and I'll, I'll do this full transparency. Okay, I do not eat vegetables until my load day. Really? Mm-hmm. You I, none, I none at all. None at all. No, I don't like purposely like. Oh my! But I am not going. Like I might eat something leafy, like a. Like some spinach, like I'm a, yeah, something like. But I won't purposely have because it bloats the shit out of me. Okay. The only reason I put it in my skip loads is because it does help food, higher volume of food to move through, uh, you know, just a little bit quicker. But I am not a fan, and I, I don't know about you guys. I've come across for every one person who will tolerate it well and it'll help to satiate it will cause bloating will cause gas uh it, it, it it's and then the next person it works great for so it's hit or miss and it's very individual well, yeah i would say the individuality thing is is the key part of that because you know like you'll, you'll have rdas and i don't even know what the rdas are on fiber for general people but like you said like some bodybuilders they need you know 50 60 grams a day some need like 20 30 grams a day yeah and i think you know what you got to look at is yeah, you're a low guy. I think what you got to look at is the distinction between soluble and insoluble fiber, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like um, the soluble fiber is going to help 
push. It's going to draw water. It's going to help push things and increase gastric motility where the soluble fiber is going to kind of gel up and slow your motility down. And I think it comes down to experimenting with different vegetable right. sources. Like, and for, I don't know why broccoli over the years, more so years ago, became like a bodybuilding staple because I've never written in anyone's plan unless they said I really do well with broccoli. For me, it's usually like a little bit of spinach, maybe some asparagus. Maybe I'll give them the option. Mixed. I'll say like, you know, broccoli, spinach or asparagus yeah. and I'll leave it at that yeah. and they can deal with what they prefer, whatever digests well with them. Exactly. Exactly. I think that's yeah. what. But now on the topic of, you know, like um, uh, like the Metamucil or the citrus cells or, or the, you know, the, the, the fiber drinks that you can do. I think, you know, if someone's having a hard time with bowel movements, a good uh, thing to do is to have a serving of something like Metamucil, a good source of insoluble fiber, like before you go to bed, you know, so mm -hmm. that in the transit time of while you're sleeping, you wake up, you have a bowel movement the next morning, you check in, you got a new low weight, everybody's happy, you go about your day. Yeah. And it's funny because I will give that advice, but the first advice I give is to make sure that they're hydrated enough. Yes. Because if they're you. not going, it's point. like they're trying to give birth to rabbit turds. And it's like, you got to make sure your hydration is there too. So, yeah. I have people put down how much water they're drinking on their check ins mm -hmm. to, yep. to yeah. you know, I'm sure you guys do something similar too. Yeah. If they, if they, if they complain of constipation, that's the first thing I think I'll go to as well as ask how much water they're using. And then if they are, if you begin using more fiber and you don't have that water, then you basically yeah. just create like a plug in your digestive <laughs> system with it without having enough fluid to push it through. True. Um, I was looking to see if I had anything over at Patreon. Let me just get keep... a quick stat real quick. Yeah, I found this stat and I was pretty surprised by it. At first, I thought this can't be right. The kidneys, on average, for the average person, will filter the equivalent of 180 liters a day. That's fucking wow. impressive. Yeah, That's really. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. It, it well, really it just cuts to the fact because at first I was like, we don't even have 180 liters. I'm like, oh, it's a constant filtering yeah. system. <laughs> well, because yeah. what do you you have what five to seven liters of fluid volume in your body in your bloodstream at any one time, right? And I think oh, I'm trying to remember. I, I did some stat like this too, where like, you know, why does intra-workout nutrition work so well? Because you're getting the cells are getting more access because everything's moving faster blood right. your blood is moving faster so i would imagine if you're an exercising person you probably that number's probably increased even more to like 200 or, or 220 probably. or something like that yeah. versus the general pop but that's an it, it, that is a really good indication of how much work the kidneys do hmm. on a daily that's basis that's a good point yeah, yeah. It, it's point. pretty crazy yeah that's a good point all right lee says uh by far my favorite show for getting through cardio. Thanks, gentlemen. Keep kicking butt. Question for the next show. If a competitor needs to be completely depleted to make weight for his class and the weigh-in is at 4 p.m. on Friday with prejudging being uh, 9 a.m. Saturday, um, how would you go about loading? An hour at a time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. A meal at a time, yeah. Well, because I think the the issue is, is when people think that like your coach is going to give you a plan on Monday and it's going to last you right through to Saturday. And I've heard of them very high level, big name coaches doing that for national level people, which to oh, me wow. blows my mind for, for the rates that they charge. But a good coach is going to literally, like you said, Scott, walk you through it almost hour by hour. We're going to do a meal. We're going to do pictures an hour and a half, two hours later, and then yeah. we're going to decide on the next meal, whatever the carb load is going to be. Are we going to pull protein? Are we going to add a little fat? 
fats in there. And the other tool you might want to use is a glucometer, right? Because if two and a half hours after that meal, your first meal, you know, your blood sugar is in the 110s. Well, guess what? It's probably not a great idea to keep pushing carbs because you're just going to keep spilling unless you're using a little bit of insulin with it. So I think you got to use those tools. You got to use your eyeballs. You got to use a glucometer. You got to use a scale weight and you got to take it, uh, like you said, hour by hour. It is going to be balanced with fluids and with appetite and, you know, I mean, all that, right? Are you feeling bloated from the last meal, right? How big are you? Are you 130 pounds on stage or are you, you know, 240? Mm. Because trying to load clean from 4 p.m. on Saturday (laughs) until or on 4 p.m. on Friday until, you know, early Saturday morning is probably not going to get a bigger guy. And, and of course, it comes down to the level of depletion as well. How much did you have to deplete to get under there? Were you depleting water? Were you depleting yourself of as much glycogen as you could for the last, you know, week or so? Did you need to take a a diuretic to make weight? Yeah. Absolutely. That's another factor, right? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of variables and even the method of loading, you know, I, I will, a lot of times if we have to make weight and you're really depleted, it's going to be more skip load ish because we need to get fluid and we need to get a lot of food in you quickly. And there's going to be insulin involved. Um, someone that we had on the show earlier, uh, for the New York pro, you know, he, he admitted that he threw down fireman Derek pies, uh, for nationals because he was there in Miami. And that is about as, that's about as heavy as you can get. About as that, dense as that's, you can get. Yes, yeah. Yep, yeah. Exa- and I don't know if he was working with Chad at that time, but it is certainly something that Chad would, would do as far as pushing high calories like that for someone who is big and has to get filled out mm-hmm. big time. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. How about um, this one here? Um, I was surprised no one commented on the 180 micrograms of Clen in the last question. That's crazy high in my opinion, but it was also totally dismissed. Did somebody say 180? Yeah, and I thought we did touch on it, or maybe we <coughs> didn't touch on it because it wasn't even like the the bulk of the. It, it was like a very aside of the question. You know, like it was an added detail to the question, but it. I, I'm trying to remember. I, I was trying to go back to the previous episode to figure out where what what the question was that we were answering but i didn't have time to find it but yeah 180 micrograms of clen is definitely high i think we even talked about the highest doses we've done in the past or highest doses people have accidentally done in the past you know but is 180 grams milligrams high absolute micrograms high absolutely Absolutely. yeah is it gonna kill you in a day no like my brother accidentally took 400 micrograms one time and well and while he was like out of his mind i was like okay dude just chill like relax it's one dose yeah. it's got 36 hour half like you're gonna be okay let's just take your time okay um yeah i mean oh yeah. okay he's with us ahead. i thought he was saying the same thing it's 60 so it was matt blevins and it wasn't oh. 180 total it was 60 split into three doses so he was taking well, still 120 he was taking oh wait yeah, okay. no, it was 60 split, so it was 20 micrograms. 20, 20, 20 times. Oh, yeah. 20, 20, 20. All right. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, that, uh, so that's nothing. Well, what I was going to say, though, too, is clendosing has come down over the years. If we go back into the early 2000s, it was nothing to build to 200 micrograms, and sure. you, especially for someone who was bigger. So what we have found over the years is, um, and I'd like to think that I was in the mix somewhere because I kept saying the most effective, like, time of the 
cleanse cycles, usually at the lower dosing, because you build a tolerance so quickly to it. And then it would be argued on the other hand, well, it's just water moving, so you don't know. No, there's a leanness factor mm-hmm. there too. Yeah, absolutely. And it was it was much more so. Even myself over the years, I mean, I have come down. I ch- I changed my clean protocol quite a bit, and I think it was I was kind of the exception to the rule back in the late 2000s, early 2010s, and I think more people got on board with it. Even more recently, in the last three to four years, I have gone down considerably. And you know what? Not being a wiener about it, but I'm not going to throw it out there. I may have touched on it before, but I don't care to dig into the the minutia of it right now. But I, it's very low and it's longer than what it used to be, and I think that there's something to be said of that because the results aren't much different, if at all. They're, yeah. They arguably could be better, and there are more concerns now than there were 20 years ago with the health ramifications. Some studies will show that Clen literally eats heart tissue like Pac-Man eats dots. And then you have other studies on the other side of people with heart failure that it actually says that it rebuilds heart tissue. So pick your poison. I'm not real sure. I just know this. If it impacts your heart to the point where you take too much and you go tachycardia, I'm pretty sure that the effect is not good. And I'm one of those guys who really thinks that it's possible, and I'm generalizing, but that we do have X amount of heartbeats in our life, that there might be some truth to this because of, you know, where you see people die who are, you know, marathon runners and things. There are other factors and stuff. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But I do think over time, bodybuilding and very extreme sports and the demands that we put on our body is not as healthy as we may perceive them to be. Muscle building might be healthy, but bodybuilding to get as huge as you can be and be as strong as you can be, to me, I don't think that's healthy, even without drugs. But that's a whole different rabbit hole. I agree. If that were true, we would have to think like long and hard about any activity we did about the heartbeats thing. Because it'd be like, yeah, is this worth, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, am I going to go but for I'm this walk with my extreme. wife? We're going to walk yeah, the yeah. dogs tonight? Yeah. But I'm thinking more extreme. I'm <laughs> I know, about like, I know. Like flat out running or, or the pressing. You know, no, no, I, I don't understand what you mean. The heart when we're in maximum well, sets at 20 I was taking reps, it out of context and just saying the, you know, the heartbeat I was thing. trying to provide context. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What about this one for the next blood, sweat and gear? uh, Paul Barnett recently told Dave Tate that he believed uh, that he that we uh, as we age, we become more inefficient at um, processing nutrients. And he contributed and this contributed and he contributed his 52 uh, pounds increase in stage weight in one year to adding insulin. Um, what are your thoughts on his hypothesis? I think we talked about uh, Paul's weight gain in the past. You had known him in the in the distant past on uh, um, Intense Muscle, right, Skip? Yeah, he was a moderator. Uh, good guy, very knowledgeable. He works with Justin. I think I'm going on that podcast or on Paul's podcast. We're trying to set up a time. Maybe we did. I don't know. I can't keep track of it, but I'm looking forward to that. I told him, I too. Like I want to get him on here. I think he'd be a great I fit for so us. Too. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I agree. And Justin, for that matter. But I do think that um, here's the thing. I'm always careful when someone says, like, if someone would have just asked the question and left out the Paul part. I would have been, I'm more apt to, you know, to want to answer because I'm always careful because I have a lot of respect for the guy. I'm not, I'm not saying that that statement there is inaccurate or not true. I, I don't agree. But as far as the weight gain, I think Paul would admit that he was so over dieted, so 
I mean, I use the term emaciated just because I think he was on this this thing, and maybe I'll you know I'll ask him about it on the on the show when I go on. But yeah. he wanted to just see how absurdly, ridiculously lean he could get, and I think that contributed to him being able to come out of that show and gain so much. What I'm not saying he didn't gain muscle, but what appeared to be this massive growth phase at our age i say our age because i think he's i'm older than he is i think but we're relatively close the same age demographic so i don't know if it's related to i can't say that it is or it isn't as far as not absorbing or assimilating nutrients as we age i mean there could be something to that but i think in his particular situation i just think that he was so over dieted for so long that he was able to rebound and fill out and stay insulin sensitive for so long. I'm sure the insulin helped. There's, there's, I would never question oh, absolutely. that. I think it did too. Um, but in the end, it kind of doesn't matter in the sense that he made incredible progress by doing that and was able to go into that next show significantly um, bigger and, and he got into you know ridiculous condition. Um, I would... I mean, I would kind of call BS if someone said they gained 52 pounds of stage weight, like actual stage weight. I mean, if he's saying, yeah, like, like, like you're saying, yeah. yeah, like you're saying, though, Skip, that he overdieted, got on a scale, and was a certain weight, or did he get on stage at that weight? And then X amount of time later, after using the insulin, got on stage and was 52 pounds heavier. Like he was 200 pounds on one show, and the next show he was 252. Is that what he's yeah. saying? Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm, he, can, he can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's the that's the way I understood it. Uh, it Insulin is a great and powerful drug. I mean, it's it's one it's the most anabolic you know substance um, in terms of loading and storage. That would, be, if it's true, that would be the biggest swing I've probably seen in an athlete. Yeah. Sh- if, if, are we saying the condition was the same? I guess that's the other thing. Because yeah, yes, I, I would say it was comparable. He clearly wasn't. I, I don't okay. think he was as lean because he was. I mean, I, I and I don't mean any disrespect by saying this. I'm just trying sure. to convey to the listeners that when I say emaciated, it's the only word I can. He just didn't. He just it wasn't healthy. Yeah. In fact, when he was coming out of the show and he was gaining so much weight, I remember when he got to like 30 or 40 pounds. I, I did message him. I'm like, look. There's no question your progress has been, I'm paraphrasing, but your progress has been great. And everything. I'm just reaching out because just be careful. Just be careful with the amount of weight. Because I'm. we're talking like 40 pounds in like six to eight weeks. I mean, it was so, yeah. and, and to do that is just that a lot of that is the filling, the filling out process and to hold Absolutely. such good sure. condition. So I would say this without him dieting for that show to the level that he dieted for that show. I think it is, I would go on record to say that it would be absolutely impossible for him to pull those kinds of numbers in between those two shows, no matter the insulin, no matter the gear. I mean, think about it. He's older, too. He's like me. We aren't growing new that much new muscle tissue. Yeah, but it that's was my a point. dramatic change. In, didn't in, Shelby... Didn't he compete? Shelby compete at like middleweight and welterweight and light heavy all in the yep. same year, and, and he yep. was absolutely peeled for all those shows, you know. Yep. 
and mm-hmm. it was real, and you know the way he would diet down he was like oh, yeah. absolutely nasty peeled i think peeled. that was yeah. yeah central states i think when i saw him i think he was in middleweight it was nuts man it was nuts yeah. it was the first time i ever talked to him actually really? uh yeah yeah I, he was kind of like sitting by himself and i came up and i was like hey what's up man nice to meet you and uh he must have been like, so full of energy to talk to you Oh, dude, yeah, he looked like a skeleton in the face. I know, dude. You know what I mean? Like, you could even see, when like, he's well fed. Even yeah. when he's well fed, he's just like, yep. Yeah, that's you could see like the ridges of where you know, like the the lines and the bones around his uh, like orbital. Uh, yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was nuts. But anyway, the one thing I also yeah. say is that you absolutely do lose efficiency in terms of digestion yes. and absorbability. I mean, n- name a person over fifty, sixty that doesn't have some type of digestive issue. Like the the mm-hmm. gut just rots over time. It's, and yeah. you can be adding supplements. You could be doing all sorts of detoxes, everything under the sun. But I mean, there's tons and tons of studies. And that's probably the main reason why we age, actually, is just the senescence of the cells, the, the degeneration of the cells, including the gut tissue. Yeah, there's no question about that. I think if that's the main thing that that our our stomachs devolve over time or whatever or break down over time. Yeah, I can see. I, I don't know a single person who is in their 50s or even 40s who has the same appetite they did when they were like 19 or could handle the same variety of foods you know yeah. when i was like 15 16 like hot sauce people would be like oh man that'll upset my stomach i was like what are you talking about you're crazy yeah right. you're just guzzling it you know yeah yeah. yeah i can tell you this though i can eat a lot more food these days i mean i certainly have a massive appetite compared to what i had in my teen years but honestly really i yeah but but I also think that it has to do, this is again, I'm just being honest, with the fact that there is so much more elasticity and as far as my stomach and oh. my you know, intestines to be able, and my stomach itself. Because there were times when I was a teenager, I remember coming off a show when I was like 19, I ate so much that I, I hurt. I thought I was going to rip something and I had to make <laughs> myself throw up, not to eat more, but because the pain was so bad. And and now all it does is just keeps growing. I, it just keeps stretching. Like I can look pregnant and have veins and everything oh. else to be like, oh yeah, I'm good. <laughs> what, what, what's the ideal number of times for you guys to eat? If you could, if you could still bodybuild grow, what would be the ideal amount of meals per day for you? Like not, not super large meals or super, like just the ideal, like say your meal size, uh, the size that they are now, what would probably be the ideal? Four, four would probably be four. good for me. Yeah. But you ideal. I, I can eat. Well, see, but I'm in a perpetual recomp mode all the time. I can eat seven every day like it's no problem. But and, and I'm not in an aggressive cut, but I'm also not forcing food. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it depends <laughs> on the with us. and stuff too. Skip loading is healthy for gut aging. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding, no kidding. Hey, I've had my there. I had a conversation with my client from the UK who was here about it, and there are things about skip loading that are arguably you know not healthy over the Mm -hmm. long term um there are questions there not necessarily from a diabetic standpoint and and that sort of thing but um you're it's a lot of stress on the body my -hmm. body handled skip loading much better at 30 than it does well he was making a joke though because you were like i can eat more now that you're oh yeah no i but i'm just saying i i guess what i was saying was i i would not imply that skip loading over years and years and years is healthy at its (laughs) the the healthiest way it's a lot of stress on the body to to 
deal with that amount of food. Brandon's comment. We already established bodybuilding isn't healthy, so it's okay. (laughs) That's a a very good point. That's a very good point. My biggest skip load back in like 2009, because I I read all your stuff and I followed, you know, from what I could piece together from the message boards to a T. um, And I think I put on 22 pounds in one day. Um, oh wow! And but I was up to like I was up to like a fourteen or a fifteen hour skip load at that point, yeah. you know. Yeah. And it had started at literally just a two hour skip load. Yeah. And over the course of about eighteen weeks or something like that, I got in a great shape, and, and I probably could have gotten on stage. I just wasn't actively competing at that point. But I put on, I think I was like two. 21 in the morning and by nighttime i was like 243 or 244 or something like that it was it it was cool it was fun it was fun scott raised some questions that we could ask paul when we get him on because when we get him on we should talk about this it'd be good to hear i think his perspective scott said how much muscle did paul um gave above uh go above his previous max um, meaning, um, how much did he lose oh, in the overdone yeah. prep? So that would be, I, would a, I think, a factor to look at, and you know, give us a better I idea. I'd also be curious to know what was his previous show before that, whether it was a year or two previous. What was his stage weight then? Yeah, you know I don't think saying? he competed in a long time. Uh, okay, like okay. it had been a, a significant okay. amount of time. Five to eight, and years. I will give him this. Look, no matter whether he was emaciated, and he could have carried a lot more muscle in the first show than he did. To get to that level of conditioning, though, even just to have that idea, I am just going to do whatever I have to do. That is some serious, serious mental discipline. That is that is really hard to do. <laughs> More fortitude, if I may, Scott. Yeah, and with Since the older with demographic, <laughs> exactly. But with the being in the older demographic, being you know married, having a career, having kids, that is very difficult to do. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you a picture right now, Scott. If we have a second All right. to put up that of this is okay. So was, there's two people that I always look at their pictures and base my clients or my own pictures against them of like how conditioned are we compared to these people? Because I consider the I consider John Meadows okay, yeah. mm-hmm. and I consider Greg Trombley, who's a natural um, like WMBF and INBA pro. Okay, you can't and, get um, that lean naturally. Listen, yeah. listen. <laughs> if, he had to be me, taking something. Let me send this to you right now. Because, okay. and Greg was my first coach, okay? Um, so he understands dieting. Let me send, I'm sending it right now. Well, and I, then, I, and then you, after you got to put the, the, the Olympia competitor in there too, the woman. Because oh, I think she, she's just, she, there's about just insane. I'll go on record and say some. there's about five women Oof. that get more peeled than any of the guys that I know. I mean, consistently. Yep. Michaela Aikoff is that. one of them. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. And the that's, front's even even more peeled. Okay, That's so, wacky. Right. He looks yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. He looks amazing. So that's who I learned how to diet from, uh, to give you guys some reference. And, and, I, and I look at that picture quite often to, for basing my own clients. Like, okay, how, how do we look compared to him, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now, is he naturally lean? Uh, no, he was a fat kid. He was a fat okay. kid. Um, I always respect that more yes. because it's harder. Yeah. If you have any endo um, you know, properties in your yeah. somatotype at all, it makes it that much harder. He's like you, Skip, where he's constantly in a recomp phase. He's con- yep. he, he, he did one heavy offseason when I was like 18 years old and I was getting into bodybuilding to compete. And since then he is he's been not far from that kind of he's he's very meticulous with what he does yeah that's cool 
All right. Well, we have to make a choice, and I'm going to err on the side of light. We have enough time for one more question. One of them was us going over um, um, comments that people had trolled us with, like, these guys don't talk about the doses. And we're going to skip that because we have an actual question here. All right. All right. Uh, we're keeping the good information from you. Uh, Brandon <laughs> says, uh, with my first show coming up in September, um, does my peak week need to be as complicated as what was discussed earlier? I plan to keep it simple and be as peeled as possible and load into the show according to Dr. Scott's book. Uh, just see how it goes and learn. I think the short answer is no, it doesn't need to be that complicated, provided that you're lean enough. But then there come, becomes the question of whether you're very depleted and how much you have to load and whether you know how to con, you know control water if you do have any type of water issues. But it should be the last week of the show, and I think you guys would agree because we've all said this at, at different times, it should be as simple as possible or as simple as as you can make it so that there are less variables to deal with and when things work you know what's working and when something goes wrong you know what's going wrong i'll go one step further and say since dr scott's a listener of the show brands a listener of the show actually scott said he trolls out. us to be specific he, he, oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> So Sorry. he's the smart he's the smart troll i would reach out to dr scott and i would see if he'd Take you on, take you on for that final week and uh, peak you for the show. Yeah. I think that would be you know you want to you want to get the firsthand knowledge from the man himself. That's what I would do personally. If I was if I was yeah. in Brandon's situation and I and I read Doctor Scott's book three times over and I'm doing everything um, according that'd to that'd be a plan, cool idea. That's what I would do, and then I would come on the show and tell us how it goes, or, or as a or something. as a consult too. I know Scott does just one on one consults. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. A consult and get get Peace a game of mind. From yeah. yeah. Um, all right, we do have enough time then. So let me see if I can pull this one up here. There's a couple comments. My bladder says otherwise, but go ahead. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. You're good. Don't, go ahead. I don't want to stop you. <laughs> um, so I don't know which one, Andrew. Oh, it's the same guy. His first comment is... the same is, guy. Who cares about winning shows? It's just a vanity pageant. Come down from your soapbox bodybuilding competition isn't some real sport either. And then he says, um, what get me is that some guys talking doses on YouTube are acting like they can't tell you T real doses <laughs> like you're some kind of kid or something the other comment about uh I'm trying to say it the way it's spelled you're yes. a 45 year old guy who want to look good on the beach just use the low doses and us competitive guys will use the real dosages maybe i'm 45 and want to look like i compete the giz who compete go through all sorts Oh, <laughs> all sorts of shit for one to two contest days. But us dummies can't choose to look really jacked for a whole no, summer. Jack. Oh, yeah, thank jack. you. Really jack for a whole summer. Spare me. Just tell me the real doses and ill and ill. Uh, and uh, decide uh, what I want to do for what purpose. 
I'm just more dumb, spelled D-U-M, just to do that crap for my meaningless bodybuilding show. Competitive bodybuilders aren't some noble athletes playing in the Super Bowl or some shit. It's basically a self-indulgent vanity pageant. And Andrew replied to that saying, what? what? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know how to unpack that one. Yeah, no, you probably it. did it right. I, I don't know if I don't, he's a troll and was just trying to pick on us. Or, or maybe uh, it sounds like he was drunk, actually. Yeah, in high. I've had guys admit that when they respond to me that they were drunk. (laughs) (laughs) And I always laugh. I can't even get mad at you. Like, okay, that's just, that's pretty, pretty bad, but whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's hard to, it's hard to respond because it's just, it's kind of silly. That's like one out of a thousand, one out of 5,000 people who would look at it that way. But ultimately, I would say to him this. Number one, I'll agree with him that I think it's a glamorized beauty pageant. That I agree with. I don't see it as a sport. <laughs> I understand that we do different things. And, and there's a, it is an incredibly intricate, very um, absorbed, 24-7, massive commitment to be good at what we do. There, there's no, I'm not trying to take away from that. But I still think at its core, we're not on stage with a skill set. So to me, that's that's why it's not a sport. It is, in a sense, a beauty pageant, even though there's so much that goes into it to get to that final. Can you know, I ask you that, something though? Line. Yeah. Is is the people is football or the athletes that play in the Super Bowl are they more noble than bodybuilders for doing what they do? Oh no, absolutely, absolutely not. I, and and that I completely agree with you on that point. I I just differentiate between. I think the reason that I see it more as a pageant is that's what we're just we're judged. Oh, for sure. No, but he, his are, statement was can, that 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 bodybuilders aren't noble like or something something other like uh, like like the athletes in the Super Bowl. And it's like yeah, no, well, that, they, that they, part I don't agree with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah because it's it's more well. it's arguably more consuming to be a bodybuilder, and you may not even be very good, but you can be consumed by it, and it can it's your lifestyle, and you're trying to be the best that you can be. The only difference is you're not going to stand on a stage. You may be doing more, quite frankly. You yeah. may be more disciplined than some people who are at a higher level, and they might be riding the genetic, you know, train a little bit. But, but when we, it comes to the dosing, do what you yeah. want. To do. If you don't think it's, like, then just don't. Uh, it sounds if you don't to believe me like us. he's not the. Com- if you don't believe yeah, us, it, do what you want to do. Like sure, it, it's one of those things. No one, no one here. None of us are giving you information, and we're saying this is what you have to do. We're giving you information based on our experience and the the amount of time that we have spent doing what we do, and we're we're just really trying to help as silly as that sounds uh and then we're getting you know bashed for it on occasion because we're holding secrets it's kind of funny but i don't think he's the competitor i think he's the 45 year old guy who that's what he was saying wants i think to take more gear to yeah. be a, to if he just wants to look good for the summer that's the individual that's decision that's a yeah, personal yeah. thing go for it yeah. Go. No one is talking down to you for doing what you want to do. We're trying to keep people. We're trying to balance health with the progress that you're looking for. So I don't that even there's, think there's this middle yeah. ground. He didn't even really like get the. I don't think he understood yeah. the concept because we had said guys that you know there are a lot of guys that don't want to take a lot of gear. And if you don't want to take a lot of gear, if you just want to look good on the beach and stuff like that, that's cool. If that's what you yeah. want. 
That's yeah. what we had said. Well, you know, well, so we've I done think, plenty of shows where we did talk about high doses. Well, we we here. did talk about so, high doses with that too. We just said that saying. you did. You know, that you're not going to nest. The less you take, the less you're going to grow. Is yes. really the point of that podcast. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think too. he maybe got he that. Maybe he only heard one. Maybe he heard one show. Maybe he didn't even. Maybe he doesn't have a history with us to hear that we have. You know, that we talk about different topics, and he may have just taken some one or two comments out of context and responded yeah. drunk. Yeah, so, or it could just be an intellect know. thing. We can't assume that everybody. Yeah, it's hard to tell. You know what yeah. I'm saying? We it's can't assume that everybody tell. is like you know. Yeah. yeah, we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. And coming yeah. from Scott, I'm impressed that he would throw that. Yeah, to throw that little jab. Oh man, there's some. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, out with we got to wrap this up because out. Skip's got to pee. We actually, pee we're at, we're out of questions anyway, guys. We appreciate you tuning in. Leave us questions for the next show. We're going to need them. Um, of course, uh, you can go to bodyberry.com. You can reach out to Andrew over there. You can go to teamskip.com. Reach out to Skip over there. Uh, you can hit me up, McNallyDiets at gmail.com. And of course, we mentioned Scott's book. So check out Be Your Own Bodybuilding Coach. Go to byobbcoach.com. Or you can go to Amazon to get the hardcover like I have it right back there. It's a great book. Book. And of course, check out our sponsors, truenutrition.com. As I mentioned at the beginning of the show, they're the first freaking sponsor that believed in what we're doing. It's so cool to have a company that believes in us and they stand behind us, even when we're talking about gear and stuff like that. So we appreciate that they believe in us. We believe in them. Use our code THINK to support us there. And of course, thank you to everybody from Patreon. I'll put up a thread at uh, Patreon for the next show and uh, we'll tackle all those questions first. Then we'll go through all the YouTube stuff for another episode of Blood, Sweat and Gear with Skip Hill and Andrew Berry. I'm Scott McNally, guys. Thanks as always for tuning in and we'll see you soon. 